0: Hey there. Thank you for joining me again on the Emergent Show podcast. It is a pleasure to have you listen. Today, I get to speak with Chris Muzon. Chris is a very interesting individual. He started his career in hospitality, working in hotels, and working his way up into restaurants and restaurant management. But something wasn't right. He wanted to do something different. So Chris was able to start his own business, and he works currently with his wife, they offer services such as personal financial analysis, personal pension and annuities, as well as many other money conversations. Chris loves talking about money. He is one of the preeminent people when it comes to this on LinkedIn right now. He really wants to have real conversations. He also has two podcasts. Those two podcasts, the Entrepreneurial Development, where he really truly talks about you know, having that different mindset that it takes to be an entrepreneur, and the Property Players podcast, which talks about real estate. I really think you're going to enjoy this today. This message is great from Chris. And to me, Chris reminds me a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk. If you guys do enjoy this, please subscribe and follow Chris. Thank you. Well, hey, Chris, how are you today? I'm doing well, John. Yourself? Great. I appreciate you joining us today. And, you know, I'm super excited to talk to you because you yourself have a few podcasts, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I
1: actually was hosting three of them, but now we're down to two because one of them, uh, we just stopped stopped filming content, but two of them, yeah.
0: Okay. And speaking of that, like the one is entrepreneurial development. And how did you get into that one?
1: Yeah. So, you know, honestly, when I broke into the world of entrepreneurship, uh, I knew that there was a mass need, right, for people to understand how to become an entrepreneur. Right, we're living through a time right now, specifically at the time of recording this, where I believe everyone needs to, if they're not entertaining the idea of being an entrepreneur, like they they should be. And so I knew that there was a development process in becoming the entrepreneur. And so uh, what I wanted to do was be able to, you know, give people some some advice, give people some insight, and. Honestly, John, it goes way back. Um, if you go all the way back to man, 2016, I started filming content. And one of the first shows that I put out on YouTube was called So You Want to Be an Entrepreneur. And my idea behind that show was I'm going to interview small business owners, local small business owners, and talk about the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. Right. i was going to talk mm-hmm. about both because at that time there was a lot of people glamorizing entrepreneurship you know money and yachts and cars and vacations and that type of stuff and that wasn't the life i was living and i felt like i was you know in the entrepreneurial game like i was i was after it but that wasn't my life and so i said man like you know it, it would be too too bad to hear people that want to get into entrepreneurship and think that this is what they're in for. It's just all glamorous. I was like, let's talk to people that are really running the business. Let's talk to those type of people and let's get the good, the bad, the ugly. Let's get the ups and downs. Let's get all of it. And through that, I felt people could learn both sides. And so I started that show. I wasn't big, you know, good at doing content just yet uh, back in 2016. But again, you got to take a crack at it. So that's still sitting up on my YouTube, uh, but then the evolution of that, when I wanted to get into podcasting, I was like, well, let's kind of take the same idea and let's interview other entrepreneurs and let's just take the lessons. Let's take, take, take the good, take the bad, and let's teach people that it's not all roses, but you know, it, it's also some things that you can learn from as you go through the process. So that's kind of where the podcast came from.
0: Gotcha. And on that podcast the other day, you had a great talk with Dave Gavin about changing mindset. Like how, how can someone start to do that to change their own mindset?
1: You know, it's a, it's a, it's a big question, but honestly, I kind of came to this understanding John that there's the employee mindset. There's the entrepreneur mindset. They're two completely different mindset, they two completely are. different mindsets. And too often, we are raised and we grow up in the employee mindset, right? Any of the things that sound normal to people, go to school, get good grades, go to college, get a job, stay at that job, right? Work your way up the ladder. That's a very employee-minded way of thinking. So then when we want to branch out and start our own deal or you know, start our own business or whatever the case is, and we go into it with thinking like an employee, we don't make the same sacrifices. We don't understand the same process that has to happen in order to be the entrepreneur. And, you know, I used to debate with people a bunch, like, well, are you just a born entrepreneur or can you actually develop this mindset? And I'm living proof. Like I developed the mindset of an entrepreneur. I, you know, like, like everyone else, grew up in the traditional education system and went to college and worked in the restaurant industry and had that mindset of being the employee. Then when I realized I wanted better and wanted different, I had to train my brain on how to think, and so really it comes down to a mindset, it comes down to how you think about life, decisions, you know, business, all of those things kind of constitute that entrepreneur mindset, and I really feel like that's the key to getting people over the hump when they want to start their own thing, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the key for us too, is trying to help those people get over the hump. And as you mentioned now, in this day and age with COVID and everything, so many jobs have been disrupted, right? How should someone transition out if they're looking to do so? You did it. You left the restaurant industry. You started your own thing. How should they do it?
1: To, to each his own, right? Like, just to be honest, right? Like, some, some people are, are going to struggle um, because, again, it's a, just a completely different, different way of life. Um, but it starts with education right if you just want to if you have that inkling of like man i just don't want to do this anymore i think i want to that the internet is the best thing that has happened to our society no matter what people want to tell you about the ills of social media or the ills of right the internet it's actually the best thing to happen because all of the information and education that you need is there and it's basically free right, right? of course you can get you know higher level and you know webinars and books and you know masterminds and things you can actually pay for to accelerate but all that information is free right. and you just have to start learning mm-hmm. some of the ways that uh, you need to think if you want to be an entrepreneur some of the first steps you know saving money making sure like you know I'm, I'm in the money industry that's where I transitioned out of restaurants into money and honestly that's one of the first things like do you have an adequate savings before you go jump into entrepreneurship were you okay with having you know some some savings on the side just in case you don't have a paycheck right like there's just little basic right. things that you're going to want to start to stack up while you're still at the job to make your transition a little bit smoother right
0: yeah and it's interesting to say that because I actually had an interview with someone the other day who started his own restaurant after leaving marketing and didn't have a paycheck for two and a half years yeah you know he was living on. He was couch surfing, living on people's couches and stuff like that. Uh, and I think it's interesting that you mentioned that employee mindset because I kind of run into that every day. Um, with I want my employees to think like entrepreneurs, but they're not. They're not really there, and I don't know that they want. That's there, that's the right? big thing, John. So I don't,
1: I don't think that everyone wants <laughs> to be there, and there has to be a willingness that like you want. to that other side you want to be but most people they just want to collect a paycheck they just want to sit back you know least resistance i always tell people right the and and maybe not you as the employer but like most employee employer relationship the way that it goes is the employer pays you just enough so you don't quit and the employee works just hard enough so they don't get fired like that's the relationship and as the entrepreneur you know we're given a thousand percent every day and so that in and of itself right there you have to create that in people that they you see the top performers as your employees they want to give 110 percent. they always show up that's developing some of that mindset that they need
0: yeah and I actually apologize to somebody that i work with the other day because i texted him at 9 15 at night and i was like dude i'm sorry like my mind's always working when it comes to this stuff. And I, you know, I'm just going to yeah, get it out there when man. I do. And, you know, it's they just one know of those, to. Expect. And again,
1: that's one of those things, right? Like, I, I remember listening to Who was I listening to? I think I was listening to to, to Bishop T.D. Jakes. I was listening to him and he said something like, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to work for me, like you have to be ready to get a text at 11 o'clock at night. You have to be ready to get a text at 12 o'clock in the morning and that not be something that pisses you off or right. You got, you, you flip out about, that's just how I operate. Cause you're working for an entrepreneur. You're working for somebody that under that, like we don't shut it off. Right. So, you know, beauty for me, I'm on the East coast, but I also have some agents in my business that are out on the West coast. So I'm up till midnight you know, one in the morning having conversations with them because it's, you know, 10 p.m. Their time or, you know, and that's just my life. That's just the way the way I live. And that's, I think, how the
0: entrepreneur has to think about it. Right. So if someone's fed up in the industry, restaurant or whatever, and they think they can make the change, right? You already said step one, make sure you have enough savings to make that last. What about step two, mindset wise, like should they think of something before they jump, right? Should they plan this all out before of course, it's
1: done? right? Like, I don't think anyth- anybody would be foolish, especially depending on where you sit, family, right? Mortgage, right? All those other little factors that come in. Uh, I do try to tell people though, you know, the, the, the 28 and unders that have limited responsibility, like if they're not married, no kids, this would be the time to try everything. And it's to try and, Learn your skills, right? The one thing, especially I tell people in restaurants and people that come from hospitality, is we've learned so many soft skills that translate into so many different industries, That you just have to tap into whatever your gifts are, whether that's communication, whether that's your multitasking ability, whether that's your people skills, right? Whether that's your being calm under pressure, right? Like any of those things that we actually learn by being in the industry, then you have to take those skills and find out what industry you you would want to step into. That's it. And you might not make the right decision on the first one, but if it goes towards your skill set, you'll be good. Or you'll figure out quickly, you know, I'm good at this, but I don't really like it. Let me try this. And then you can bounce into different industries. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, that's really going to be be a big piece. On top of that, just education, like I said before. Just pick, pick up some books, read some books mm-hmm. on mindset. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, one of the best books for anyone that's about to transition that hasn't under, doesn't really understand that side. Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I always recommend it. And then another book, mm-hmm. it is. And then another yeah, it's book, wonderful um, book, once you get into the small business ownership side is The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, amazing book, talks about systems and the mindset of the entrepreneur and how most people are really technicians and not entrepreneurs, right? They just do the same thing over and over, but the the, the guy that makes great pizza is not the same guy that could run a great pizza restaurant, right? Like,
0: right. Well, and that's, yeah, and there's a lot of failed chefs, right? They start a restaurant because they're systematic. But they can't make it through that path of actually yeah, exactly. knowing the dollars and cents right so what made you finally decide to transition out of restaurants i mean you were in there yeah, for you yeah, were in hospitality for years, years. and that's
1: what my degree is in too john like i'm an right. associate's in culinary arts a bachelor's food service right. management um so i really thought i was going to go that path mm-hmm. um honestly two two things really happened one i started realizing that the restaurant world wasn't going to take me to where i really wanted to be financially right as much as we all love being in restaurants it is a very low margin business overworked underpaid right you're just, mm-hmm. you just gotta love it because you're not going to get wealthy doing it it's just the way it goes yep. right and i realized for me and my family we, i really did want to get to a, a better economic position and not just be at this kind of same you know couple hundred thousand dollar mark or whatever it was going to be right so I just saw that at an earlier stage and then the other side was I was working for a a big company like a corporate a corporate restaurant I was working for the Cheesecake Factory and you know politics right politics right like when when you get into that role and you're you're the AGM and you're trying to get to your GM position and you got to ask hey how do I get to this and then it's all these well this person has to leave and if you do this and if you go there and if you sub here and all these like games I was like yeah I don't I don't know if I'm for Mm -hmm. this either so those two things that kind of happened earlier to me I was in my mid-20s right 24 25 when that starts happening to me it just made me start thinking like there might be a better way there might be a better way and uh, I didn't know what I was going to get into but again like I said I just knew I was good with people I knew I had some communication ability. My wife at the time was already an entrepreneur. Her and her brother ran a company, a distribution company. So I kind of saw that too. And then I just made the decision like, yeah, I think I, I think we're gonna go and just figure it out a different way.
0: Gotcha. And I mean, now you talk about money, right? I mean, that mindset needs to change for so many people. Um, how, What's the first step in changing the money honestly it's
1: it's understanding that like there are things that you don't know about money or what i call like money traumas things that like have happened to you in your past that are holding you back from receiving money or thinking about money in a positive light Um, and a lot of that stems from our unwillingness to talk about it right there's a stigma around money in this country in general, right? We just don't talk about it. You can't walk down the street and ask somebody what's in their bank account. They're going to look at you like you're crazy, right? It's just true. Like we are very guarded and protected and it ha- and it starts from no, our family, right? From our, from our primary family, we get our money habits from our parents. If not from our parents, we get it from our peers. So if our parents and our peers are the way- two ways that we actually learn money, but yet we don't really talk about it, then what are we really learning? Like we're just kind of keeping it all to ourselves and keeping it all in and Mm -hmm. now with the internet, right? Just figuring out things ourselves or bouncing on a website to say, okay, that's what I'll do. But we don't actually talk about money. And I think that's the first place that it starts, right? Just like any basic therapy that you would go to, they say, you gotta start talking about, you gotta talk about what the issue is. Yeah. So most times we don't talk about, you know, how, how how were your parents with money? Did they argue in the house right did you have all that you ever needed as a as a kid or were you struggling right how where what was your first memories of money you know how did that and then once you start to go down that path of like understanding where you actually sit with money in your money mindset then we can start to address some of the things about future hey you know how much are, are you thinking of retirement what does retirement look like for you
0: right and you know it's kind of funny you say that because talk about money right so we offer a 401k here and of course you know you offer it and people go nah nah i'm not interested and then i kind of bring him into the office and i'm like look he, let's talk about that like why aren't you interested like you know well money's coming out of my pocket every week and i'm like yeah but you you gotta understand what's going to happen to that money it's you know pre-taxed and where it's going and things like that and so (laughs) everybody but one person bought in and you know that's okay absolutely it wasn't about me it was about helping them long term you
1: know know how many people don't have a long-term mentality about things john like also, right. going back to that entrepreneur oh, mindset, very employee many, mindset, very right? That one of the things about every entrepreneur is we have to have a long-term mindset. We know that this is a marathon, not a sprint. We understand that we'll sacrifice today for the greater good tomorrow. These are just principles that we live off of that help us grow in business and as entrepreneurs. Same thing with your money. Same right. thing with your money.
0: Right. Right. And that's the key, like you said. And you talk about it. You talk about it quite a bit. And you know, I think that's key because you go to it on social, right? You're doing it on LinkedIn, and you're getting some feedback from people because people don't want to talk about it. And how do you process that? Like, I think some people are afraid to make the content because they're afraid someone else is going to say something negative on their post, right? But uh, I'm sure right, we have all been, been there, there, right? How do but you once, it,
1: once you get to that place, honestly, John, where you just know that? <laughs> other people's opinion of you doesn't actually matter, right? Like when you really get to that place of understanding, like I know what I'm saying, I'm, I have good intentions. I'm trying to help people. I don't really care if somebody doesn't take it the right way or whatever the case is, we can have dialogue. I'm a kind person. I'm a nice person. Like we can talk about it, but if you just want to troll and right, just say negative things like it, you know, I heard Gary Vee say this one time. He's like, I feel bad for those people. Right. Like I kind I feel bad if you watched my content, you right. took four minutes to watch a video of mine and the only thing that you want to respond is something super negative, you're probably not in the greatest place. Cause you could have easily just skipped past it or not said something. But if you just had to voice your two cents, that's up to you. That doesn't bother me anymore right? So like in the early stages of producing content and putting out content, we are typically worried about what other people think about us or what they're going to say. And once you get that out of your mind, like it doesn't matter. Like some people are going to like you and some people aren't. That's actually just life, right? Like (laughs) exactly, right? Like I don't like that's just Well, that is life
0: every day, right? Some
1: (laughs) people will resonate with your message. Some (laughs) people won't. Some people think you're arrogant. Some people think you're kind. Like I don't know like i just know who i am i try to help people do what you know i think helps them however people take it is how they take it
0: gotcha and gary i watched something the other day again you know watching him as much as possible always but he said if you care about what tiger shoes 555 said then you know maybe you shouldn't be in the content creation right because that guy's probably in his mom's basement. He's 40 years old and thinks he knows everything. And you know, you, you're not there for him. And the other thing about the content piece is you have a message to share to people, right? And you're doing it over and over and over again. And you might not get the engagement, but then one time out of the blue, somebody says, Chris, I need to have a conversation about money. And you're like, Wow, this guy's never commented. He's never said anything, right? But he's been paying attention. Somebody is (laughs) always watching.
1: Somebody is always watching, and you have no idea. And that's happened to me so many times over my career of like doing this. And again, I've only been putting out content for, you know, four or five years, Mm -hmm. but still, there's a lot of people that are just kind of starting in the process. But even then, like, I've had it so many times where someone will just randomly. Message me out of the blue and said i saw this or i heard you on this podcast or i saw this piece of content and this really resonated or someone will come out of the blue and say i've been watching your stuff forever and you really helped me but they never comment and they they never talk and it's like that gives you a little bit of confidence a little bit more confidence to be like okay well i know i'm doing something even if i'm not getting the feedback or the likes or the shares or whatever right away I know someone's listening and someone's paying attention and I, I have valuable information that can help them so it keeps you going down that path you know
0: yeah and I think that's important for all entrepreneurs or anybody who wants to be and and so you know for us even as recruiters we're trying to stress to people looking for jobs right now you should start creating content the reason behind this is, The company you're going to go work for is going to get 400 resumes. And what makes you stand out? Because it's not a piece of paper. And, you know, that's an interesting piece. So being present on social media, you know, I think it doesn't matter the industry, right? Um, It doesn't seem as big in the restaurant industry. Of course, there's pictures of food and whatnot. But do you think it can get better in the restaurant industry? In the
1: restaurant industry need to be building their brands, a.k.a. chefs, owners. Right, People that are like actually going to build something again whenever right, we go through this kind of this next wave of restaurants, whatever the industry is going to turn into, for sure, it's going to lean into the artist. I was just having this conversation with somebody. I said, you know, the way that the industry, in my opinion, is going to shift is it's going to be more about the chef. It's going to be more about the artist. It's going to be more about the person that puts together Mm -hmm. an awesome front of the house experience. For the people that come and that needs to be showcased. And the place to showcase it is social. It's where everyone is, right? So whether you want to showcase the food, whether you want to showcase your talent as a show or as someone that is an artist in the kitchen, or whether you want to give a great dining experience to somebody and really say, Hey, look at the ambiance, look at you know the decor, look at what happens when you come sit down and how we serve you now, you know, post-COVID those things need to be presented to the world. And that's why building a personal brand, being on social, just having conversations, just letting the world know what you believe in and kind of what you're working on is going to be the key. It's going to be the key.
0: Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting because, you know, let's say Tides Folly, you know, at South beach, like as a restaurant manager, supervisor there, you know, you might provide that experience to, 150 people a night on the covers right okay so Tuesday nights aren't as busy so you're turning it to 80 people but if you just went to social and showed how important it was to provide that you could be two three five thousand people a day right and so yeah it's it's critical yeah, it's, I think honestly so like
1: I was saying I think everybody needs to do it, right? i was <laughs> like, it's it's a necessity we're in 2020 right like It's a necessity. If you aren't on social media or engaging in some way, form on any platform, like you're missing it. You really are way behind the eight ball. It's a necessity. You got to be there. Even if you're not putting out content every day, like you work your way into those things. Go there to listen. Go there to figure out, like, especially if you want to be in the, Mm -hmm. if we're going to talk restaurants, you got to have, you got to have guests, right? You got to have people that, that show up. So what are your guests buying right now? What are your guests eating right now where are your guests dining right now what are they saying out there like if you're not there they're telling you right like i've seen the rise of these pop-up shops and right crazy over this COVID time where people are just selling platters and popping up over here and selling their desserts and popping up over here and selling this meal and people are loving it they're like so then if you're now the next up-and-coming chef or like and you're not paying Mm -hmm. attention to that stuff How could you get the ideas of how you will be successful in twenty twenty two? Right, like that's what social will do, even before you start posting all of your stuff. Right. But obviously, once you do start posting, now you have more of an audience. Now you have more people that will see what you're working on, and that's how you build a business, man.
0: Yeah, and and you know, you mentioned so many good things for entrepreneurs. Honestly, like I think that. I want to try. I'm going to put together at the end of this, you know, I'll, I'll give them those two books that you mentioned, you know, I'm, I'll make the recommendation because I think they're vital. Um, and actually it's kind of funny it's me, you know, speaking about Gary Vee, you know, crushing it was really good to see where people came from um, yeah, right? and how maybe, they grew, maybe, right? Maybe. maybe you'll be on maybe. there. Next, I went right? to, uh, maybe you'll I went be on to Asian 2021 <laughs> <laughs> that was,
1: yeah, that was back well, in 2018. Um, and that was just, Did you? like an awesome event. To get a chance to be in that environment with some of the other like financial professionals and and real estate people but again getting a chance to see gary like at that stage kind of predict what was going to happen in the future um and yeah i got i got to spend a little bit of time with gary during during that that time down there and um right like his philosophies and the things you know i don't you know i'm I, i often call myself a fan of gary v but not in the fan way that like other people might you know see him on instagram or think he's just cool like He actually taught me a lot about marketing just through his content right just through his content when you don't come from a marketing world right and i i kind of went from hospitality to sales and then i didn't really understand the marketing side and then i get introduced to his content four five six years ago and i'm like huh okay this kind of starts making sense i started paying attention to how what he was talking about marketing wise and then he always says right watch what i do don't just listen to what i say watch what i do And so then you start actually watching and I like audit his pages and right, like all these things. Honestly, it was that Agent 2021 where he went heavy on LinkedIn. He started talking, that was back in 2018. He was like LinkedIn, LinkedIn, you got it. And that's when I started. It was like, all right, I left that conference, literally like, all right, well, let me get my LinkedIn up. And that's when I really started going in. So he's taught me a bunch. And uh, I think people can learn things like that. Again, the internet, (laughs) once you you grasp Mm -hmm. something, like find the people that know that stuff and keep learning it and then implement it. You'll be good.
0: Well, I know I've been on LinkedIn for about 10 years and I, uh, the, when I first started, the reason was, was because I was getting my master's degree in sports management and I was recruiting for overseas basketball teams. So I was looking for coaches, players and stuff like that. And I was able to talk to NBA scouts and coaches and things through LinkedIn because you get the big ask. Hey, can I borrow your time for 10 minutes? Like, that's all I want. And, you know, and yeah, the Internet's definitely changed it. And like you said with Gary V, though, you just have to do it. So if you're you got to make some content, even if it doesn't get any it's engagement, it's, it's got to stay like consistent. Koff, and it's right? got like like to
1: document the journey. So. Right. People, you don't have to be an expert in your field, but document what you're going through. You know, especially yep. especially if you feel like you'll be great one day, right? Just to be honest, if you feel like you'll be great one day, you know, I, I heard Gary say that one time. He's like, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it have been great to see, you know, Drake's first three years before he got signed? Like, wouldn't it just be cool to see what, you know, uh, Bezos Ugh. was doing, right? right? Packing boxes and like putting it all together, like before it got big, like that would be great. Yep. So if you don't, you know, if you think you'll be great, you might as well start documenting it. Yeah. Same thing, same thing, right? Or, or like, Gary, right? To just Gary, that camera in there, selling him, wine, right? You know, <laughs> back as a kid, being a baseball yeah. card, right? Like, wouldn't that be awesome to see? Like, oh, that's what he turned into, right? We only often yep. see that in like the sports yeah. realm because somebody's parent knows that their kid is probably a good athlete, so they start filming them, right, for family memories when they're ten, 10, 12. and so we get these right. great sports journeys and athletes like oh he was playing basketball since he was four right and we have documentation on it Mm -hmm. now we can see why they're great but for business people we don't have that we just look up and they're billionaires and we're like how did you do that right we're all confused it's like it's actually the same process you just keep working at it and you pivot and you keep working at it and you keep pivoting and working at it then you have a break and then you build on that and you keep going and you get there so i i think you know sharing the story is just super
0: important course and the pivot i think is what scares people honestly like they they want to come to work every well not everybody but there are the people the employee mindset want to come to work every day want to work nine to five or you know whatever and then go not home and
1: talk about talk but about that if you think you're going to, to be great about that that's not part going to
0: of it cut it right where
1: it really is about comfort zone a lot of people especially in that employee mindset they, yeah. their biggest motivator is staying away right. from things that are uncomfortable Like, that's their biggest motivator. It's like, I can't be uncomfortable. Like, I've got to be super, super secure in whatever I do. And I can't get out of this comfort zone. And that is the complete opposite if you want to be an entrepreneur. Because an entrepreneur is comfortable being uncomfortable. It's a way of life. I've been uncomfortable for so long that it's just, it's natural, right? Like, it's just natural. Like, I'm super uncomfortable. And that's what allows us to grow. And that's that right. break away from that employee mindset where they got to be super comfortable in their comfort zone versus
0: not. So, And I even say that to people like I, you know, there's like, okay, what about getting this person on my podcast or getting this person, you know, and I'm like, reach out to them. How do I do that? Well, just do it. Like send them an email, call them. I mean, LinkedIn, they might have their phone number, right? So give them a call. Like you're not interrupting them. They're not going to answer the sure. phone. They're not going to yeah. answer the phone. Leave and a message. Like that's, you got to get uncomfortable.
1: you John. Right thanks way. for having me on. I really appreciate it. That's awesome, it. man.
0: Well, Chris, I appreciate your time today, man. This was awesome.